Welcome! I'm so glad you're here. Can you believe it's already December? And what a year it's been, right? It's been exceedingly difficult on so many people this year. Great numbers of you have been overwhelmed and you've also suffered great loss. And I want you to know I pray for you regularly. If you are fretful or worried or fearful, if you've suffered loss of any kind, it's my heart's desire to minister to you and to help you find the confident hope that life-giving truth and faith in Christ provides. Each time I sit down to write and produce a new podcast topic, I seek the Lord to guide me on the insights and the encouragement I am to present to you. That's what the church is supposed to be about, us edifying and encouraging and building one another up. So I truly hope you find this podcast and the ministry work I do investing in you to benefit you greatly. I am truly pleased to be gaining new followers for this podcast. So to get better acquainted with you, if you're new, here's a little bit about me. I am wholly committed to Jesus Christ, and I seek to make every day and everything I put my hands to, to produce kingdom value. I invest myself in the benefit of others by encouraging and equipping them to grow in areas of critical thinking and to properly operate in partnership with the Holy Spirit to see the power of God displayed. I long to see Christ's authority and power significantly increase in God's people to push the enemy back and see God's will done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm also motivated to be among those who work tirelessly to seek justice for the plans of the enemy to be exposed, and I long to see those who will repent do so, while those who will not to be dealt with by God and removed from positions of influence. In short, I want to help Christians become the power and authority on earth Jesus commissioned us to display, according to Matthew 28, 18-20. I've been serving in ministry since the early 90s. I first taught Bible study for an interdenominational, international, independent organization for nearly seven years. I've traveled considerably to teach and speak wherever I'm invited. I've hosted traditional and internet radio and television, and I'm delighted that I'm an award-winning author. I have a certificate in apologetics from Biola, and I'm ordained as both an evangelist and apostle. I also have an honorary doctorate in divinity from HSBN Fellowship of Ministries International. Now, I don't share any of this to impress you by any means, because none of these things were accomplished in my own ability, but in partnership with God. Instead, I share so you can be assured of my track record as recognized by others to give you a level of trust in me. In short, I'm a charismatic apologist. Now, some may think that's an oxymoron, but the Bible is clear. Followers of Christ are to worship him in spirit and in truth. So growing in both spiritual matters and critical thinking to confidently possess truth is the balance I think God wants all of us to have. Because you're listening to this program, I have every reason to believe you are interested in the charismatic elements of our Christian faith. Charismatics are people who not only believe in, but seek to operate in the spiritual gifts described in the New Testament. It's possible you may not be sure what an apologist is. An apologist is one who has studied and seeks to give plausible reasons for the Christian faith. Or another way of saying it, apologists are prepared to provide a defense for the gospel. What does 1 Peter 3.15-16 say? In your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having good conscience, so that, when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. 
the Apostle Peter was encouraging all believers to be able to give solid reasons why they believe in Jesus so we can be effective in sharing our faith with unbelievers. All Christians are commissioned to do this by Christ, which we read in Matthew 28, 18-20, known as the Great Commission. So based on scriptures, I think all believers should seek to develop a ready defense of the gospel to share in a loving and winsome manner, and we should seek to know the supernatural gifts God has given to each of us as individuals. My podcast of two weeks ago began exploring how to discover and use our unique set of spiritual gifts. So today, I want to continue that quest by exploring the gift of prophecy. But before we get into that, I want to again announce I'm holding a Christmas giveaway. There will be five winners of the brand new Thomas Nelson Abide Bible and two winners of my newly revised autographed book, Examine Your Faith, Finding Truth in a World of Lies. One of the endorsers is Josh McDowell, who is a well-respected apologist. This book is the first in the series and offers many compelling evidences we should personally know, which allows us to share the gospel with others. In other words, according to 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 15 to 16, to be prepared to give reasons why we believe in Christ. So, if you want a chance to win, you need to listen to the end of this podcast to learn how to enter. And, please make a special note, entries are only accepted through the close of the day, December 16, 2020. Now, the gift of prophecy is something the Apostle Paul encourages all believers to seek and develop. Each of us is given our own spiritual gift or set of gifts the moment we place our faith in Christ. Prophecy, however, is one of the gifts available for every believer. There are distinguishing differences in the gift of prophecy. Some see what God reveals in visions and dreams. Others get impressions in their heart or their mind that must be prayerfully explored with the Holy Spirit to discern and understand. Others get words of knowledge, providing insight, direction, or encouragement. Some prophecies are corrective in nature. Some prophecies provide serious warnings of what could happen in the future. However, both corrective and forewarning prophecies will always offer encouragement, hope, and direction to avoid or lessen the consequences. Not all prophecy is meant to be shared, and those prophecies that are to be shared must be tested to know if it's a general public prophetic word or a private and personal prophecy, and to know the specific timing for sharing the prophecy. Lastly, prophecy which is revealed as the rhema, word of God, must always line up and never contradict God's written word or his logos word. Genuine prophecies from God will always uphold both the Old and New Testaments. For us to best discern legitimate prophecy, we need to develop both our critical thinking skills and our spiritual sensitivity. Our critical thinking skills are necessary to understand what the Bible actually says to be sure any prophetic word we hear and accept does not contradict the Bible. Our spiritual sensitivity is essential to discern if the prophecy is from God or a demonic spirit. The sons of Issachar in the Old Testament were known for being able to discern the times. That is, they observed the actual events and circumstances to gain wisdom and insight as to what God was doing. God is always at work in the lives of his people. Proverbs 25.2 states, It is the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings to search things out. Before I learned about prophecy or speaking in tongues, I thought people were essentially spiritually commandeered by the Holy Spirit, basically taken over by the Holy Spirit, and from their mouth came the prophetic utterances. I've since learned it's nothing like that at all. 
While it's true some people are caught up in the, in the spirit with an experience of ecstasy or a trance-like experience, a lot of the times when the spirit moves in us, it's while we are wholly cognitive. Our eyes are fully open, we're fully awake, and we're actually participating in the moment. I've had several times when I was addressing a matter in conversation where my own thoughts were heightened in a new way, and I found myself sharing prophetic wisdom and insight that was new to me as I heard myself speak. Now I refer to this type prophecy as instant downloads from the Holy Spirit. When my own thoughts are heightened, it's generally because I've been studying a particular topic to learn more. Then in an instant, according to the Holy Spirit's discretion, for the benefit of the specific people I'm speaking to, he reveals wisdom and insight on the topic that enhance what I have to say about it. This is an example why critical thinking, developed through intentional effort to study God's Word and show ourselves approved, is essential to be trusted with God's rhema, or spoken prophetic word. The ability to prophesy and to be blessed through prophecy is a gift from God to allow His people to cut through the lies, deceptions, and noise of the enemy to embrace essential truth. It is to give us hope concerning our future, and if ever we needed hope, it's this year. Prophecy is yet another evidence for the existence of God and the realities of His promises. Learning to cultivate the gift of prophecy should be at the aim of every believer. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14:5, Now I want all of you to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets, so that the church may be built up. Prophecy, which includes tongues that are interpreted, is intended by God to build up the church, to fortify us and embolden us, to partner with God in His kingdom works. Prophecy, words of knowledge, and tongues with interpretations are related, yet distinct. A word of knowledge is information given supernaturally by the Holy Spirit that the person could not have otherwise known. It may relate to past or present circumstances. The word reveals work the Lord wants to accomplish in the life of another. Sometimes this can be a hidden matter that needs to come to the light for the individual to benefit. A genuine word always expresses God's love and never condemnation, even if it's corrective in nature, such as to deal with unforgiveness or bitterness of the heart. Words of knowledge can have a powerful effect when praying with non-believers, allowing them to encounter the power and presence of God in a non-religious manner. Word of knowledge can be given via thoughts or impressions, stationary or moving images in the mind's eye, through words we actually read that show up superimposed on a person's face or body, words we hear in our spiritual ears, words we audibly hear, or bodily sensations where no sensation had been previously, sudden feeling, a pain, tingling, or heat, heaviness in the lower back, for example, can be revelation from God that he wants to heal the individual from their lower back pain. Tingly in the hands may be the Holy Spirit's leading for us to lay our hands on the recipient of the word of knowledge. Words of knowledge can also be spontaneously uttered without previous thought or intention. I have experienced some of these. I remember one time in the late 90s when my husband and I, through no fault of our own, were completely unemployed. We'd been forced to sell everything we could live without, and we depleted our savings and our investments. We'd lost our home to foreclosure, and we were living in a rental home. This was during the height of the economic downfall of the early 90s, a time when Riverside County, where we lived, experienced the highest number of foreclosures of any county in Southern California. We didn't have enough money for rent, and my husband came to me very distraught. Seeing him so upset and knowing that he felt the weight of the world was on his shoulders touched me deeply. He said, 
I don't know where we're going to get the money. And I spontaneously replied, I don't know either, but God will provide. And as soon as I finished saying that, I thought, I sure hope I'm right. I knew at the time, and I know today, it's God's character to always provide for his children, but not always in the timing of our desires. But I want you to know, later that day, my husband approached me again. He had picked up our mail in the mailbox out front, and in it was a check to me for $2,000 from the wife of the man who years previous had purchased my business but never paid. We didn't know it, but apparently he filed bankruptcy and divorce, and through the divorce, his wife was required to pay me the money. We only needed $1,000 for rent, so you can imagine how overjoyed we were to get double what we needed. Without knowing in advance, what I spoke was a word of knowledge from the Holy Spirit. Posted on the website known as Accessible Prophecy, I found an article about words of knowledge. I'll have a link to this article for you in the show notes. Prophecy is a message that God commands a believer to tell people, sometimes publicly, other times privately. The subject does not have to involve the future. In fact, most prophecies are not predictions of future events. God is not giving us more Bible, so the prophetic word must be tested to see if it aligns with the written word of God. The New Testament lists three purposes of prophecy, edification, building up or strengthening, exhortation, commanding or instructing, and comfort. Both prophecy and words of knowledge are episodic. That is, they come to a believer from time to time. They're not consistent, and they're not known according to the believer's will. If you would like to learn more about prophecy, I'll have a link to a reliable discussion page where you can. I'll put that in the show notes for you. The only way we can cultivate our gifts is to first discover them, understand they are gifts from the Holy Spirit, then practice them. Like anything else, we have to believe to receive. God makes us aware of the gift or gifts in some small way. Then we are to pursue the cultivation of the gift. Just as the Bible says, no one lights a lamp and puts it under a box, neither should we possess spiritual gifts that are not used to edify the church. Another article that also recommends books by Sean Boltz, Bill Hammond, Cindy Jacobs, and others offers a beginner's guide to prophecy and the prophetic. I'll make sure that's in the show notes as well. I have different ways I've practiced prophecy. For example, when I pray, I often journal. After I've spent time in worship and adoration with thanksgiving, I let my requests be made known to God. Then I stop and ask God what he wants to say to me. When I write what I think I hear from God, I put that in italics. This has been a great way for me to practice hearing from God. And with his words in italics and my thoughts and prayers straight, it's easy to find what I wrote as coming from God after some time has lapsed to see if it has merit. Years ago, it was prophetically declared that I would speak and give wisdom and insight from the Lord. So it became important to me to learn to confidently hear God's voice. And this practice during prayer of journaling has really been helpful for me to cultivate prophecy, and perhaps it will be helpful for you as well. An example of how I've experienced prophecy is once when I was honored to be the main speaker for a large church in Mississippi. Before the event, the women's ministry director held a brunch so the ladies on the committee and I could have a time of interaction and bonding. After the glorious and abundant brunch, we were gathered into the next room with chairs placed in a circle, and I was asked to sit in one of those chairs. I had no knowledge what was going to happen next, but the women then started asking me questions, wanting me to help them gain spiritual understanding of the current times. Now, this was just after the 2016 presidential election. Realizing what they were seeking from me, I quickly prayed, and I asked the Lord for his wisdom and insight. Then, as I opened my mouth to speak, 
I sensed an authority and a confirmation come over me, and I spoke boldly to this group of women about the extreme mercy of God we just experienced with the election, and how the church must understand the seriousness of the times, repent, and partner with God. I expressed that we had miraculously been given a second chance and the importance of the church taking her rightful place of influence in society. Like many of us, I didn't realize the depth of corruption we had in America until the fall of 2019, when I began to see more and more. With the election of 2020, much more corruption is being revealed. And while it's more logical than prophetic for me to say this, if the church doesn't take her stand for righteousness, which she's failed to do these past four years, we will be held responsible for the downfall of America, not to mention the impact on the rest of the world. Judgment begins with the house of the Lord. 1 Peter 4.17 Instead of the church raising up to be the standard-bearer against evil, I see the church accepting illegal restrictions without much pushback from the Christian leaders. The Bible is clear. We will reap what we sow. Could this explain why the year 2020 has been as extreme as it has been? Could God be turning up the heat to get us to become the restraining influence on evil that we're called to be? I think so. And I'll share more about what I believe we can prophetically expect in the year 2021 later. But this time when I was in Mississippi, what I spoke was a form of prophetic insight that joined with the knowledge and critical thinking I gained from study. God freshly anointed me with the insight to speak God's wisdom to the women's group. What about you? Have there been times when you found yourself speaking with a special anointing and effectiveness, even providing complete thoughts and interpretations of events that surprised you as they slipped off your tongue? Well, that's when God is prophetically speaking through you. We must also understand the difference between a believer who is anointed by God to speak prophecy and an individual who holds the office of a prophet. The office of a prophet is one of the fivefold offices ordained by God to govern the church and reach the nations for Christ. The basic differences are gift of prophecy. The gift of prophecy is from the Holy Spirit. Every believer is encouraged to prophesy. The gift is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. The gift of prophecy allows a saint to do the work of the ministry, and the gift is for life. The office of a prophet or prophetess it is a gift from the Godhead. God chooses the office. It's not our choice. The gift is to train, equip, direct, correct, warn, and govern. The one who holds the office of a prophet is a gift to the body of Christ. The office of a prophet is part of the fivefold ministry to equip the saints, and the calling is for life. I'll have a link to an article where you can learn about the distinction of the gift of prophecy and the office of the prophet in the show notes. Think of all the proven prophets of our day, the most respected prophets. They are all well studied in the Bible. They spend many, many hours in prayer seeking the Lord. They keep themselves accountable with other leaders and never give a public word without first having it confirmed through other respected leaders. We've had individuals in recent times who have publicly given words they say are from God even though they openly admit they are not a prophet. And one in particular has created great fear in the church in our day. If you are one who has been adversely impacted by any so-called word from God, then I say you've been deceived by the enemy. God never seeks to impose fear, ever and only he asks for repentance, to give us hope. You could be deceived by such false prophecy because you don't have a sufficient knowledge of the Bible. You could be deceived because you simply accepted the word as being from God without intentionally discerning the origin. You could be deceived because you hold wrong beliefs about the character, will, and intentions of God. There are many reasons we can be deceived, but I want to share with you 
God has been in complete charge of all events of the world, not only in recent times, but forever. God is not wringing his hands, wondering what to do to counter the schemes of the enemy. And make no mistake, the enemy has been a fierce roaming lion seeking to devour all he can with abandonment the year of 2020. So if you're operating in any level of fear, understand your faith has been compromised. The continued drawn-out results of the election are disturbing to all of us. But for those of us whose faith is secure, it means we pray with greater boldness and authority, with confidence in God and His plans for our future, with utter reliance on God's character, will, and intentions. I truly believe we're not living in the last days. If anything, we are at the beginning or the birthing pains of the last days. Since 2016, God has given His church a second chance to get in the game and partner with Him to see His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What have the proven prophets such as Bob Jones, Kim Clement, Mark Taylor, Cindy Jacobs, and Charlie Shamp, not to mention Chuck Pierce, what have they said? If you notice, the different and independent prophecies have common threads of hope and encouragement, not doom and gloom or judgment. Neither have they promised that these times would be a cakewalk. No, it's time for the church to get in the game and prepare for the billion-soul harvest Bob Jones saw. And if you're not familiar with Bob Jones' prophecy, you can watch a video interview of him. I'll have the actual link in the show notes. God has many more people he intends to gather into himself before Jesus will return. Our job, in the meantime, as the church, is to be the restraining force with the Holy Spirit against evil. In the fall of 2019, seeking the Lord about the upcoming year 2020, I clearly heard God say it would be a year of justice. So it's no wonder we have experienced such an upheaval and exposure of the evil works of the enemy and people who are deceived by him. In order for justice to be served, the injustice must first be brought to light. As disturbing and even shocking it is for us to learn of the great extent of corruption, it is God's way of awakening the church to the depths of unrighteousness that's been breeding for many decades right in our midst. The church has been dulled to the spiritual realities and works of the enemy for decades. I know there are many Christians who in worry and dread simply pray for Jesus to come and rescue us out of this mess, but the Bible is clear. Jesus is not returning for some wimpy, wallering bride. He's returning for a pure and spotless bride who has made herself ready. And the bride makes herself ready by working in partnership with the Holy Spirit. If your eschatology is more of an exitology, you've been deceived and your faith is compromised. If you are fearful and anxious about the current events, you've been listening to the wrong voices. Lance Wallnau, one of the early predictors of President Trump's win of the 2016 election, has been a mighty warrior of encouragement in these times. He recently published a new book titled God's Chaos Code, in which he outlines the sequence of events, revelations, and justice that will be seen as a result of the 2020 election. Yet even he admitted to a short period of becoming fearful because of the level of chaos. He has a video called, I Have a Confession to Make, and I'll have a link for it in the show notes, especially for those of you who are having trouble hanging on to your faith with all that's going on. Lance's suffering from listening to the wrong voices is evidence that it can happen to the best of us. Don't let the mere fact you have been anxious and fearful be used by the enemy. Instead, intentionally repent and deliberately seek truth. Be careful of the voices you listen to. Recently, in asking God about the conclusion of 2020 and what we can expect about 2021, I journaled the impressions I received from God as I continued to pray to Him. 
Now I share my actual thoughts and consideration and what I believe God said to me with you here. The ten years of the Hebrew calendar 5780 through 5789 is the decade of the mouth, which began in fall of 2019. As of October 2020, we entered the Hebrew year of 5781 and are soon to enter 2021 on the Gregorian calendar. The number one means unity and denotes that which is sovereign. God's revealed plans for America and the world is to draw his people back into himself, in part by exposing the evil that has been permitted to increase in the church age. This is a most regrettable reality for which the church must repent and take her rightful place. And this must be done for unity to be restored in our nation and in the world under God. Then in my journal I wrote, I thank you, God. I and many others have been expressing the importance of our submitting to Second Chronicles 7.14 this year. And in fact, we have sought you. We have humbled ourselves. You have heard our prayers and you are healing our land. Amen. I continued speaking to God. As you expose corruption in every mountain of society, the church is where you've already begun, according to 1 Peter 4.17. The year 2020 has been the year of setting the stage, positioning all the actors, and pulling the curtains back wide so your people can see who is involved and also see the realities of the hidden backstage areas. Now, as we move into 2021, you are causing us to see the truth where we have been deceived. You are causing your people and those who are not yet your people to be awakened. This year has created enormous division as you have been separating the wheat from the tares and the sheep from the goats to expose the corruption before you bring justice. In this first year of the decade of the mouth, the enemy has sought to cover our mouths with masks and to muzzle the influence of the church through dictatorial lockdowns and gross censorship. But in the year 2020, you have been opening our eyes to the awareness of truth. Our mouths are gaped open this year as we are nearly overwhelmed, taking it all in and being caused to realize the truth. There will be widespread shock at what is yet to be revealed. The horror and overwhelming truth will cause many to mentally and emotionally disconnect until they can process the truth fully. This is the time the church must reach out and take her rightful place to reveal the healing truth of Jesus. Amen. This is the beginning of the billion-soul harvest for which the church must prepare herself now. This has been the year of preparation, as in the day of Esther and Mordecai, when they prepared the king to open his eyes to the truth of the enemy in his midst. What follows in the year 2021 are the gallows, the execution of the criminals. As we see this come to pass, we will regain our voice, our power, and authority, and we will take possession of the seven mountains of society and turn this nation and the nations of the world around. 2021 is the year where the Joshuas and the Calebs must show up and blaze the way for the rest of us to follow and finally take hold of the promised land, which is your reign and rule. The number one means both unity and sovereign rule, and we can praise you, God, now for the reestablishment of America as one nation under God, where you will guide us into all truth. Amen. Can you see where what I journaled as coming from God was a combination of my own critical thinking, reason, logic, and knowledge coupled with the wisdom and insights from God? I suspect this is similar to how the sons of Issachar operated in the Old Testament. They made rational observations of the times, then applied their spiritual knowledge they had while seeking God to reveal additional understanding. Just because events have not unfolded the way you hoped or imagined based on prophecies regarding the election does not mean the prophets were wrong. 
Likewise, if you've sought to grow in your own gift of prophecy, and you've spoken matters that have not yet come to pass, don't be too swift to think you were wrong. That's exactly what the enemy would want, for you to doubt your ability to hear from God. I ask you to persevere and continue to press in with expectation, according to Hebrews 11.6, which states, God rewards those who diligently seek him. Even if it looks like prophecy failed, God never fails us. He will never leave us or forsake us. Instead, what we need to do is to go back to the written word of God and in prayer ask the Holy Spirit to enlighten our understanding and help us to grow in our ability to hear and speak God's words. Fill yourself with the truth from God through trusted prophets. Align yourself with other believers who are strong in the faith. Feed yourself on the written word of God and be diligent in prayer. This is the time when we need all kingdom warriors engaged in the battle. While it may appear we have corrupt giants in our land, we have God on our side. Armed with this knowledge, we should be bold and courageous, as Joshua and Caleb, to take back the land we've lost. America is a nation in covenant with God. It is a nation of hope for the world. And don't forget, the nations are Christ's inheritance. The whole world is watching to see what happens in America because the nations have all been subjected to the oppressive work of the enemy. I've said before, what we have been witnessing is not a political battle. It is a spiritual battle. And only those of us who remain in the battle will experience the best possible victory. This is not a time to give up and to try to hide in fear. This is the time to get in the raging battle and pray with the authority of Christ, which he has given to us. Now is the time to decree and declare consistent with God's revealed intentions for these days. We must refrain from believing anything the mainstream media says. We must also refrain from Christian leaders who are doing anything less than remaining in the battle. These church leaders who are passively giving in to the control and the oppression and unfair closure of the church, the restrictions on social gathering and more, are actually playing into the enemy's hands. It is the enemy's effort to suppress the church and our influence in the world, and we must not let him. If you need help to climb out of the fear you've suffered, please take advantage of the many free resources I offer each week to fortify you in the faith. The results we will enjoy when the crux of these events are over will be nothing short of glorious. Stand strong, emboldened by the truth of God's word, both his logos and rhema word, and practice your spiritual gifts in private and with Christians who can guide you into developing the prophetic gift. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for every person who hears this message to be supernaturally blessed, comforted, and renewed. I pray for hope to arise in them. I pray for them to apply themselves to the study of your word, to grow in their abilities for critical thinking and spiritual awareness. I pray you impart an increase in the gift of prophecy according to the heart of the Apostle Paul, that they would be personally assured by the gift of prophecy and able to comfort others in the faith. Amen. The gift of prophecy is how we cut through the clutter of voices and hear the clear voice, the word of God, and become encouraged in our faith. Next week, I want to have us explore the power of worship, both personal and corporate. I hope you'll join me on this journey of learning how to experience the spiritual victory Christ died to give us. At this time, I want to thank my sponsors, Virtual Shield that provides you with internet privacy, allowing you to browse the internet without being visible to the marketing traps that will populate and interrupt your future browsing experiences. If you want to avoid all those annoying ads, Virtual Shield is the answer. If you use the link I provide in the show notes, you'll be able to take advantage of a special trial period and subscription pricing. 
please visit their site to learn more, knowing it's a sponsor I bring to you to help you with the services you need and allows you to support me while availing of their services. I also want to thank Movi, a wonderful monitoring service that helps parents protect their children from predators and other internet invasions. My listeners have been extended a special 30-day trial period not available to the general public. Just click on the link in the show notes to learn more. And again, when you avail of their services, you support me and the podcast and ministry work I do. Christmas is right around the corner, and when it comes to the little ones in your life, I highly recommend Leanne Mancini's beautiful children's book series called The Adventures of the Sea Kids. She developed the series to help teach children eight years and under how to live the Christian life. When raising her own children, she realized children's books mostly retold the stories of the Bible without actually working to impact the child's character. You'll love this beautifully illustrated award-winning book series. The link to learn more is in the show notes. Just so you know, my sponsors do not support me financially unless my audience avails of their goods and services. Only then do I receive a small commission. Now, about my Christmas giveaways. Did you think I forgot? Not a chance. From now until December 16th, you can enter for a chance to win one of my special Christmas giveaways. To enter, email me at faithtoliveby at pamelachristianministries.com with the word Christmas in the subject line and your name and ground mailing address provided in the body of the email. I will be awarding two signed copies of my newly revised book, Examine Your Faith, Finding Truth in a World of Lies, and I'll be awarding five other winners with the grand prize of the new Abide Bible from Thomas Nelson. This is a beautiful Bible designed to help you really engage your life with the scriptures and experience the transforming power of God's Word. If you want a second chance to win, just subscribe to my bi-monthly e-newsletter joining any time between November 1st to December 16th to double your chances. Just visit my website, faithtoliveby.com, and use the subscription box in the sidebar. Subscribers in the drawing will be contacted by mail to get their ground mail address, and if your name is drawn, you'll be one of the winners. Contest entries are accepted only through December 16th, with gifts awarded December 23rd. Don't delay. Get your name in the drawing today. I am really looking forward to this. Faith to Live By is a division of Pamela Christian Ministries, LLC, a ministry that offers many different goods and services. I invite you to visit my main website, PamelaChristianMinistries.com, to learn more. Be sure to take advantage of the free resources and bonus items listed on Charisma Podcast Network and on my website, FaithToLiveBy.com. On that landing page, there is a link and more information about my sponsors and partners. Again, if you've been blessed by my ministry, purchasing the goods and services I bring to you is really appreciated. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread the gospel, and it helps people learn how to best apply their Christian faith. Please be sure to follow me on Facebook at Faith to Live by TV on Twitter at PL Christian, and on LinkedIn at Pamela Christian. And lastly, visit my webpage for this show at faithtoliveby.com to enjoy all of the podcasts and resources we've provided so far. I hope you'll join me next week and tell your friends and family to listen right here on Faith to Live By, where we learn how to gain spiritual victory over life's issues. Until next week, I'm Pam Christian, asking you to remember... Christ died for us. The least we can do is live for Him. 